welcome to the show, Tilly J. Good morning, team. How are we going? Going well, thank you. Um, <laughs> team, I love it. Hi, Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gillian. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. It's good to have you back. Oh, always a pleasure to be back. It's so lovely to, to um, pop in every now and then and, and check in and um, see how you guys are going and, yeah, give you a bit of an update from um, where I am down in the Yarra Valley. Yeah, and how, how is the valley going vintage-wise? You, you're, uh, you're on uh, tractors and forklifts and all of that sort of stuff, I bet. Yeah, we're full steam ahead. Um, I've started to pick a couple of parcels myself and, um, yeah, it's all systems go down here. Look, we're a, we're a couple of weeks ahead of what we were uh, the last couple of vintages. Granted, they were a, a little cooler and wetter and more challenging. But, um, yeah, aside from a bit of a, a wet January, we've sort of hit hit some proper summer weather now in February. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's on for young and old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. So how, how are our quantities sort of looking? Like um, <clears throat> in the last couple of weeks, you know, what we're hearing, there's a bit of a general consensus is, you know, good fruit, good fruit, but, you know, um, some, some very low yields. Is that what you're seeing? Yeah, look, it's it's a bit up and down, and I I feel like it's pretty variety specific. Um, mm-hmm. Myself personally, I've pulled in a, a parcel of Pinot from a little site that I'm tending and looking after in Coldstream. And look, uh, the tonnage there totally uh, surprised surprised me. Um, I was expecting I'd be happy if I got sort of two ton off of the the acre there, and and there was an extra 700 kilos out there, so I got 2.7 ton in the end, which was um, a lovely little surprise and always yeah. um, nice after coming yeah. off the back of uh, a challenging 22 and 23 vintage. Um, look, mm. we had a fairly, you know, a, a drier spring, spring than the previous couple of vintages, which kind of put everyone in a, a better position with flowering and fruit set than it has the, the previous couple of years. So the, the little challenge came in, in Jan when we saw, you know, sort of a good couple of weeks of solid rain events every single week and and that kind of um yeah caught us by surprise a little bit where we we're all sort of humming through and expecting to you know put a spray on every 10 to 14 days and then it was like oh we've got to go back and do it every seven days wow. um which is right. you know a, a bit of a um a flashback to the the previous couple of vintages where it was very much um that sort of story just wet throughout the whole entire time so you know dare i say we were well prepared for it but um yeah not something mm. that we really saw in the um yeah, in the in the future of uh, growing season into 2024. Mm, sure. Uh, when you just mentioned Coldstream, did you mean the actual Coldstream Hills um, or just the area? Just the area, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. sort of um, Coldstream suburb as you're driving into the Yarra Valley, it's sort of a little uh, property that's on the fringe of the Yarra Valley there and I'm, I'm lucky enough to work with the owner of that property to um, look after their acre of Pinot and... Um, yeah, it's been a fantastic learning experience over the past six months to see the fruit, um, you know, get to the point where I can harvest it with a, a bunch of friends and family and, and trade acquaintances and, um, mm. yeah, see the whole process through, which has been super rewarding and enriching and um, has, yeah, taught me a lot about the viticulture side of things, which is, you know, What's what so I've been looking it? to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so important. So that's it's, what, a, it's a, a bit of a very cold part of the Valley down in yeah. uh, Coldstream, so it's um, interesting that you've got that you've got that ripe um, this early in the in the season. Yeah, well, you'd think so. I mean, as the name sort of suggests, Coldstream, but it is you know essentially mm. valley floor. So yeah, um, you know, when we look at it in comparison to the the higher reaches of the the Yarra Valley, so you know Gladysdale, Yarra Junction, and and into those sort of 
ranges, as it were, it's actually a couple of degrees warmer than than up in those upper reaches. So we are a little bit uh, more advanced down down in those areas of sort of Greer, Coldstream, Yarra like, Glen. Like a little microclimate. Totally, totally, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so you know, could Coldstream... So Coldstream was your um, your first vintage, wasn't it? Coldstream, yeah, Actually yeah. at Coldstream Hills. Yeah. So yeah. that'd be interesting to see. I mean, what you're saying now, you know, over the last few um few vintages, but going back to whenever that was, uh, 2010, 2011, whatever, how yeah. have you noticed the vintages progressing in that particular Coldstream area? Oh, look, it's it's hard to specifically pinpoint, you know, a trend or, you know, to um, confidently say that things are advancing, um, you know, and, and coming off weeks earlier because of, you know, warmer warmer climates down there because we've just had a couple of cooler vintages, obviously, in 22 yeah. and 23. So things have been really slow for those couple of years and, and um, quite a few weeks behind, whereas this year it's been, you know, a little bit sooner. So it's it's hard to track. And, you know, 20, 2012 when I did my uh, vintage at Coldstream Hills was also mm-hmm. a fairly cool vintage as well from memory and, and took a little while to to kick off so um and, and it's so down to the specific site as well um you know Coldstream Hills is in this beautiful little um microclimate of its own yeah, it's, it's like a, a little, little amphitheater isn't it totally yeah. yeah so you know and it's got um quite a quite a um slow sort of cooler ripening little um environment in its own whereas you know you you've got so many different aspects um, to Coldstream itself and um, you know my little site that I'm looking after today is sort of slightly more west facing so you could almost argue that it's a little bit warmer in itself as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's um, gee, the, 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 um, the property at Coldstream Hills and, and you know where you work during the day at Tarawara there's quite a lot of similarities really isn't there that kind of amphitheatre kind of. Mm, um, absolutely yeah well I mean Tarawara in itself is another um, special little sort of valley floor site too, slightly warmer, but it's it's also facing um, Long Gully as well, so it gets some beautiful sort of um, Breeze. breezes yeah. to, to moderate the, the climate going up that sort of corridor as well. But, yeah, Tarawara is another great example of, of another one of the vineyards that has been um, quite early to kick things off as well and very exciting working there and, and working with some other later ripening varieties too you know i'm discovering more about uh nebbiolo and barbera marsan rusan viognier mm. so those you know mm. rhone varieties too so they're playing a lot with um with those sort of warmer um varieties and and, and later harvested varieties as well just to, to see what works on that site so it's pretty cool and um so you're you're currently working at tarawara how long have you been there yeah not very long at all so i started just between christmas and new year so it's been a pretty Oh wow! Um, yeah, fresh, fresh, fresh. Um, <laughs> fresh out of the yeah. box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's been great. And um, look, I'm there on sort of a part-time basis, and and that allows me sort of um, an opportunity to sort of keep working with the the amazing viticulturalists and winemakers um, in the Yarra Valley that have been kicking around for quite mm. a long time. Well, Sarah and, Fagan and she, heads it up now, doesn't she? Totally. Yeah, and yeah. she's just an amazing wealth of knowledge, and has been. Um, part of the Bordelais for you know long as long as I can remember yeah. anyway, and and it's just so lovely to have her um, yeah her wisdom in the in the fold at Tarawara and to um, bounce ideas off of her and to have some really great conversations and then of course um, Chris Beard as well who's come from um, Mount Mary several estates some really great places as well so working with a pretty 
fantastic team there, and um, it's just yeah, yeah you must be learning a, heaps, right? Totally, and, absolutely. I mean, that's you know, Sarah. I can't remember how many years she's been at was it Deboards, but a long time, as you said, and you know mm-hmm. that that it's testament to Steve Weber and uh, and you know the team that he has there, and how you know long people stay and keep you know learning from each other, and people you know get sent overseas for vintages and come back with new ideas and things to try and. Absolutely, yeah. We, I mean, we can only hope that we can hold on to Sarah for just as long as she's been at um, DeBorts and yeah. let's see where the wines go at Tarawar. It's, yeah, it's an exciting era. It is. Hey, um, now you spoke about um, some of the warmer varieties, but yep. you, you yourself deal with one that's um, Burgundy's other white, as they call it, um, Elegoat. Um, yeah. To, uh, unless Elegoat, I've really Elegoate. butchered, butchered <laughs> the pronunciation. Elegoat? Elegoat. Not sure. Elegot? Well, I, I say Elegote. Elegote? Okay. Sounds more French like that. Um, <laughs> but that, that comes from the King Valley, so um, yeah. and it's, it's tolerant to, to cold. So obviously you're dealing on one end of the spectrum with that and then, um, and then you've got the warmer ones in the valley floor, Yarra Valley. Absolutely, yeah. That's yep. fun. It's a lot of fun, yeah, and it's it's been – Really fun to learn more about the King Valley as well, actually. And um, having just come back from a little visit up there last week to see how the um, 2024 Alagote is uh, coming along and ripening, it's it's just such a treat to drive out there. And it's almost like the Yarra Valley, but with the volume turned up a little bit more, you know, like as you're um, descending down from the, the Great Dividing Range into the valley proper of, of the King, sort of um, it just... it it's reminiscent of the Yarra Valley really. And um, aside from having sort of the, the beautiful Port Phillip Bay sort of um, weather that rolls over the, the Yarra, you've, it's got its own little microclimate up there um, or macroclimate, I should say in the King Valley that just um, really gives it this special sort of cool climate feel to it. That's quite similar to, to the Yarra. Um, It's, it's just such a magical place. There's such a, a tight community out there, and the, mm. the growers that I buy this fruit from, um, Darling Estate, are just yeah, they're they're the most amazing people, and have been growing grapes out there for such a long time, and are playing with these other really interesting, cool climate varieties as well. They've um, got heaps there, you know, from from the Elegote that I um, buy to some Gamay and other um, Burgundian varieties, Pinot Chardonnay as well to other aromatic whites and um, it's just such a cool little region that I think you know maybe the Yarra can learn a little bit um, from as well mm. in terms of other alternate varieties that could perhaps work in the Yarra Valley um, as we explore those sort of areas going into the future and um, the, the Alagote itself is is a later ripening white really so you know where we're normally pulling Chardonnay off um, as one of the first varieties to come out of the, um, the Yarra any given harvest season, you know, the, the Elegote could be something that we could sort of harvest a little later in the season, which could um, present kind of an attractive option for, for some growers, you know, myself included. Mm. Can you can you give us um, some of the characteristics of the wine? Tell us a bit more about the varietal itself for those who maybe haven't ever tried it before. Mm, yeah, so, it, I mean, it has its, um, its origins in Burgundy, um, just like Chardonnay does, and, and there's a number of mm. um, other lesser-known white varieties um, in that region. Elegote is one of them and it's it's probably best characterised for its its beautiful 
natural acidity. Like it's just got this beautiful zippy citrus um, backbone to it that's really crisp, really pure, really linear. And um, it's just such a, a, a beautiful um, sort of complement to Chardonnay, I think. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, it's such a blank canvas like Chardonnay in that, you know, you can you can really craft it in the winery or you can sort of let it sort of speak of the vineyard and the and the place from which it's come from and um, it responds really well to maybe a little bit of lees work in the winery or some barrel fermentation or mm. some alternate um, fermentation vessels like um, clay or, or um, concrete or something like that and or you can sort of play with with different oak um, and different coopers as well and it, it just sort of seems to really take all of that on really beautifully and and can produce this this beautiful um, style of wine that that the you know the winemaker seeks to to create. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I've I've discovered the variety, uh, funnily enough, during lockdown actually, when uh, my partner and I were sort of you know Chardonnay and Pinot is a, a, a staple in our household, but we were sort of thinking, oh, what else is out there? What else, what else can we try? And um, I found a, a bottle of Allegrote at my local um, bottle shop and, and we did, opened it up and, and just thought it was amazing. And, and that sort of snowballed into um, trying to Where can I get find some? Out, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, where is this grown in Australia? And, yeah. you know, there's, there's only a, a few um, vineyards in Australia that actually grow it on a commercial um, scale and, and the King Valley is one of them. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's where it led me. That's that's fun. Awesome. Um, so and so that particular COVID wasn't wine, always a bad thing. Forty five bucks and um, so yeah. yeah, quite accessible. Um, I'm interested that you mentioned Gamay from from the same guys, Darling mm. Estate. Um, yeah. are, you, are we likely to see a Tilly J Gamay? Because we're Ooh, very much encouraging um, Gamay. That would that would definitely more. complete the little sort of. Four wines, I think, would be, um, you know, a Pinot, a Chardonnay, a, an Allegrote, and a Gamay could be just the the perfect little lineup, I think. And mm. um, I'm not gonna um, I'm not gonna lock it in right now because it's it's not happening in 2024, but it could be on the cards in 25. But we've no. got to get through that growing season first and hope that there's you know enough for it to go around out there. And and if there is, you, you could just see a, well. a 20, 2025 Gamay on the lineup. That there would be the go. dream, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely support that. Um, yes. yes. We speak about it a lot, don't we, Simon? Yes. Um, Gamay and versus, not versus Pinot, but um, just being, you know, being able to find it, getting a little bit more accessible, but still it, it's not, it, it's still not hugely there and everyone's different take on it. Yeah, the Aussie ones, yes. Um, But everyone's take on it seems to be that they love it and they want to see more of it. So it's a a really interesting space, I think, for the industry. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, it just wears so many hats, I guess. It can be a really beautiful, you know, quite a serious uh, wine with with a lot of longevity and sellerability or or you can, you know, go down the lines of, you know, um, Beaujolais Nouveau and make it quite, you know, crispy and fresh and and um, fragrant and, and sort of, yeah, fun. So I'm I'm really excited to with you know the the opportunity to potentially work with the variety in the future. Yeah. Um, nice. Now, Tilly, you you were at the um, at the uh, pulp event, um, the wine tasting, the Yarra Valley mm. um, event, uh, a couple of weeks ago, it feels like, or a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, time flies when when you're busy with harvest and various yeah. tastings and things. Like, I think it was two weeks ago, but yeah, it all just blurs into sort of one at this point in time. Mm. What does pulp stand for? I couldn't quite 
find out, or is it literally pulp? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an acronym for anything, but I, I believe it's just mm-hmm. sort of a, um, it's an exploration of sort of new and exciting um, wine styles, wine varieties, and and um, wine producers coming out of the Yarra Valley as well. You know, people doing something perhaps with a little point of difference or small producers that don't necessarily have a cellar door or a um, customer-facing sort of outlet for people to, to come and try their wine. So, um, yeah, Wine Yarra Valley, our, our sort of regional body, was um, really awesome in organising a, a tasting event, bringing us into Melbourne, really. So, um, yeah, it's been going for a couple of years now and the last couple of years, um, the the pulp event has been predominantly based out in the Yarra Valley. So, sort of asking um, folks to make their way out to the the Yarra. But um, yeah, bringing it into Melbourne, I think, has been a, a really great move. Good thing, yeah. Where where did they have it? What venue? Yeah, yeah so it was at the Rochi, which is on Johnston Street in Fitzroy. Um, and it was just over the weekend. So the Friday, we did a, a really great event called the People's Wine Show, which was sort of a little look into. Uh, what us, you know, winemakers sort of do when we um, critique and, and look at a wine and, and um, yeah, we sort of put it to a, a live sort of stream that was um, projected up in a, a function space and everyone could sort of vote on their wines and, and see it happening in, in real time and, and it was a lot of fun and people really got involved. And, um, yeah, it's very cool. They had, they had to listen to my voice emceeing as well, which was... <laughs> <laughs> a nice little what? public speaking challenge for me, but um, yeah, no, no, yeah, it um, it all seemed like it went down a treat, and and everyone walked away having a learnt a little bit about you know how to taste and um, use all of your senses to do so, and and um, mm-hmm. how to sort of discuss the wines with their their friends, and had walked away sort of maybe meeting or introducing themselves to a, a new producer that they'd not heard of in the Arrow Valley. So I think everyone won at the end of the so day. Can you? Can you tell us some of the wines that were, you know, the standouts based on the people's votes? Yeah. Um, well, we had such a mixed uh, variety of producers, you know, like some people who do have cellar doors. You know, we, we had um, Chandon had a really beautiful sort of sparkling wine that um, had some sort of nice summery botanicals in it. Um, yeah, we've got sort of Ralph from Six Acres who's been making wine for ages, but he's always seemed to sort of maintain this, this fairly like lo-fi sort of under the radar enigma, which I think is really cool. And um, his skin contact Fiano really stood up. Um, we had Stu um, from from Alchemy as well. Um, he's been producing nice. again, similar to Ralph, some some really lovely wines for years and years, but has managed to stay, you know, fairly small and, and under the radar. And and that's really cool as well. And um, these new guys who um, have produced a, a wine called Decent Wines. Um, so I was um, lucky enough to work with Michael as well and um, when he was doing a bit of winemaking at Greenstone I was making my wines there over the years and they've finally come out and they're um, ex-chefs and have um, started a little wine label um, and I think their, you know, their Shiraz really stood up and the, and the people really uh, voted favourably for that one. So there's mm. some, some pretty exciting um, wines out there and, and producers that are coming out of the woodworks and and um, yeah, making some yeah, really good to have a, interesting have, Yarra Valley expressions. Yeah. yeah, and good to have a forum and a well, yeah, a place that people can actually get and taste these these producers who who don't have a cellar door set up and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. Like you know, it's, it's always sort of been my dream to maybe open up a bit of a, a co-op in somewhere like Hillsville and yeah. you know this space where people can 
maybe bring their wines and showcase them for a month or something like that and um, and treat it like a bit of a cellar door. I, I know Barique in Hillsville sort of um, is doing something similar to that as well, inviting producers to basically use their space to um, to showcase their wines if they don't otherwise have a, a cellar door of their own. But, so um, what, you yeah. can sort of book a time to come and do a, a tasting um, at um, Barique? Like, yeah, as in you would be there to show you wine and talk about your wine for a period of time? For a period of time, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So Mike's sort of a, a great... Um, Mike Emmett, who owns Spareek, is a, a fantastic champion of sort of small producers such as myself and many others that, um, yeah, need a, a bit of a voice or a platform to, to showcase their wine. So he's been a really great asset to the Yarra Valley. Yes. Um, it, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a... Um, well, it's a well-known wine bar, Jill, in, in the main street of Hillsville. Right, right. When you're down, when when you're down in Melbourne in the Yarra Valley, must must visit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. It's kind of like, yeah. um, In Heathcote, they've got this thing called the Wine Hub, and I always would say to people, if you haven't been there, go there first because you can see kind of the whole picture of um, Mm -hmm. the Heathcote regions in a similar way. Barik has got all the small producers and and large producers, and and you just get a real um, kind of sense of you know where do you want to go as far as in your time there, wouldn't you agree with yeah. that? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's more than happy to um, also Give provide advice. a bit of a narrative to all of these, yeah, yeah, small producers. You know, any any bottle you you pull off the shelf, he's he's got a lot of um, really valuable information. Good background to share knowledge, about them. yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, I need to get back down that that uh, that part of the world again. Then you do, you do, you do. Um, Hillsville's amazing these days, I reckon, just with so much. On, you know, and um, oh, we talk about 100%. it often, but, you know, go and do your wine tasting in the morning, come back, you know, for sort of lunchtime and the whole afternoon you don't need a car, you just can, there's so much to do just walking, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, nice. yeah you can you can stroll the whole main street and comfortably find, um, yeah, somewhere to perch up and, and have a gin, exactly. <laughs> Try some cheese, have a delicious baguette. Buy a bottle of wine, yeah, and and I think you know the valley's really um, stepping up and and um, yeah, providing everything everyone needs to to stay out there comfortably for a weekend, from accommodation to you know things to do for people who aren't necessarily um, wine focused people too. Yeah, yeah, and this um, is this is all like you know forty five minutes to an hour maximum drive from Melbourne, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, within, yeah. Within an so hour, that's yeah, the thing. Sure. Mm. Yeah, very so accessible. Yeah, very accessible. Um, hey, Tilly, if uh, have you got anything else coming up as far as tastings and things that people can get to have a look at the Elegote or uh, any of your other wines? Um, so anywhere that down in town or anything? Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, it's um pretty good timing, I think, to to come out and sort of showcase my wines. They're all looking really beautiful, um, have been in bottle for nearly six months now and um, it's a, a perfect time to show them to everyone and it just happens to coincide with harvest, which is okay. I just sort of lean into the chaos and go with it. But, um, yeah. yeah, so next weekend um, I'll be pouring all three of my wines, so the Pinot, the Chardonnay and the Elegote at Wine and Cheese Fest um, at the Timber Yard in yeah. Melbourne. I'll be, yeah, doing that sort of under... Um, a lovely gentleman by the name of Brendan Robnick who has a an online sort of platform called Wine Animal and he's got a booth there um, 
sort of championing myself and another um, amazing small producer, Georgia Dale, with um, Georgia Dale Wines. And the three of us will be, um, yeah, there on the stall and um, pouring wines all day and, um, yeah, pop down and, and have a try and say good day. And, yeah, Brendan's a, a fantastic sort of supporter of the Yarra Valley. He lives out this way himself and um, makes make some wine too makes I believe he makes a rosé and so between the three of us we'll have plenty of wines for for everyone to try and and Georgia I, I believe will have a a pretty impressive array of her wines as well from um, some Rhone varieties Shiraz and Viognier to some um, yeah Chardonnay and Pinot as well yeah. um, nice. so how would people yeah. get tickets for that is it just called the wine and cheese festival yeah they there's a an online um Sorry, sort of, to put you on the spot with that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I believe through their website. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm sure a quick Google of Wine and Cheese Fest and and it's located at the Timber Yard would would get you pretty quickly to the to link to purchase tickets. Yeah, and the Timber uh, Yard's in um in Plummer Street in Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. Port Melbourne. Yep. Um, yeah, so, so far removed from Melbourne these days. Um, and and that, yeah, as you say, just Wine and Cheese Fest gets you to their website and you can buy tickets. So that would be a good one. And then you, you'll be selling yeah. wine as well, I guess. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So I'll have um, wine to purchase on the day, wine tastings, um, and then, you know, obviously can, can order as well should I run out of stock, which I hopefully <laughs> won't. I'll, I'll come down laden with plenty of wine. So well, if you yeah. run out of stock, lots of people have got to taste your wine. So that's a good thing. And Absolutely. hopefully they become customers. Yes. Well, you know, it's all about sort of trying to, um, yeah, pour as much wine as possible for new um, and exciting people to, yeah, introduce mm. um, my label to. So, yeah, there should be plenty of wine down there to, to try, that's for sure. Excellent. And, Jill, you'll be interested in, in another thing Tilly's um, uh, into. So um, in Sydney, what, tell us about what you're doing up there. Yeah, so the following Friday, I believe that's the 8th of March, I will quickly zoom up to um, Sydney for the day um, for International Women's Day. So it'll be the... Um, of course. Yeah, and very, very, very privileged to be pouring my wines amongst um, a lineup of about 16 other um, amazing female producers at the Sydney Opera House um, oh, wow. of all places, which is just going to be an absolute... Um, dream come true. Mm. Um, yeah, to congratulations. That's that's massive. Yeah, so absolutely chuffed to be um, to be able to do that. Um, that's so, an opportunity for you to fly down, Jill. I'm just thinking. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> awesome. I've actually got a, a from seven to nine. I have an International Women's Day breakfast. Um, with a, a bunch of lawyers up here, and uh, I'll pop on a plane. And what time does it start? Give us some details. Yeah, so six thirty till nine um, at the Sydney Opera House um, on that Friday, and it's um, it's sort of a an open tasting event. Uh, no takeaway bottle sales, but it's all all sort of tastings. And um, yeah, so I'll be sort of pouring alongside. A, a number of different producers from actually all over Australia. So um, you know, sort of. Yeah, like just pulling up the list now. So Kate Queerly from Queerly Wines. Um, we've got Anita Good from Wangalina Wines. Um, Peter Cotts from Wabi Sabi, who's another. And those two people are um, young gun sort of um, fellow 
entrants that I've been doing Young Gun with for the last couple of years. So Rebecca and Lucy Wilson, who have Bremerton in um, mm. Langhorne Creek as well. So Mem Hemmings from Meredith Wines, also in, in New South Wales too. So Erin Pooley from Little Francis in Beechworth. So um, heaps of really exciting female producers to yeah, sort of wow. have a good chat with and um, taste some really um, cool and different and interesting wines. So it's, it's a great lineup for us, awesome. but it's also yeah. going to be so much fun for you guys to all kind of yeah. catch yeah. up and, you know, in given, you know, you're all spread everywhere. It's, um, it's great to have a way to, um, you know, get back together. Absolutely, yeah, and and at this busy time of the year, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about, and it's it's, it's pretty unusual that we're all able to sort of you know put our tools down and, and head up to Sydney. It's a it's a pretty worthwhile cause and, and a pretty exciting um, opportunity to be involved with. So I have no doubt that all of these ladies are of the same mindset as I am. You know, it's it's definitely worth making the trip up to um, to Sydney to to do this tasting. So it should mm. be a really good evening. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that, that sounds it. awesome. It sounds awesome. <laughs> um, and I'll do my best. So it does look, sound like your bag, Jill, to get there. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely my bag. But no, definitely definitely one to check out, that's for sure, um, Friday the 8th, yeah. Um, Tilly, good luck with the rest of Vintage, hey, with your, with your own mm. stuff and, um, and then um, you know, every, everything else you're doing through um, Vintage. Um, yeah. And yeah, look forward to following the story, continuing to follow the story. And um, please, uh, anyone, put in your diary for next Sunday, um, Wine and Cheese Fest uh, down in Port Melbourne. That would be a great opportunity to have a look at the wines that Tilly's spoken about today and um, yeah, get on her mailing list and buy some wines. So. Yeah. Try that Aligote. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm yeah. Keen to that. Uh, definitely try the Aligote. It's something that I'm pretty keen to champion and get out there and um yeah it's an awesome little variety and i think it, it's a great drink and needs needs some love so um thank and thank you you guys as well for you know simon jillian for you know checking in and um yeah always being a it's a, a fun story to watch there as well yeah and be part <laughs> really of in some it. way so. yeah good one oh, thank you well enjoy this is a beautiful day um hopefully you haven't got too much work to do um out in the vineyard but it would be a nice place to do it anyway no, yeah, I got my post-harvest spray on yesterday and, and did a few sort of bits and pieces in the vineyard to sort of wrap things up post-harvest, give the vines some love before they um, go, to sleep. go to sleep for the, the autumn and the winter. And now today for me is a, a bit of a chance to stay home and do some boring house jobs. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> the afternoon might be <laughs> an alligator afternoon maybe. Oh, a nice cold <laughs> glass on the porch. I can, yeah, I can see it already. <laughs> Good one. Um, Tilly, thank you. Uh have a, have a great time and uh, and we'll check back in. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the chat. Thank you.